Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of 2 degrees in Edmonton, minus 5 degrees in Saskatoon, and 1 degree in Toronto. Thank you, Evie. Good morning, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join the show live. Get your questions answered. Take some action today. Hell yeah. What do you say? Let's do it. Good morning to John there. I see John uh, came in. First person always here. <laughs> um, Elray's here as well saying good morning. Uh, Eric is here uh, saying good morning. Uh, we've Listina. got... Listina saying good morning. Hello there. Uh, Tammy's here. Brandy's here. Garrett's here. Matt's here. Sheila's here. Lori's here. Matt's here. Legere. Matt, Matt. <laughs> me, me. <laughs> Alan's here. Scotty's here. Sheila's here. Amanda's here. Paul. He's here. He's in the house. Good morning to Josh, Nathan, Cody. Good morning, everybody. So lots of really good pictures from last night. Yeah. I took a couple really crappy pictures. I was mm. like, I can't share these. These are shit. Oh. So I've been watching everybody like, else's. Like the people in the pictures look like shit? No, or like just the like lighting? low quality pictures. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The lighting was really bad, actually. But really? Um, it was, uh, yeah. So, so last night was... Um, the DCI Properties Meet and Greet, co-hosted with REI Masters, and um, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. A really great group of people showed up. Um, there was an amazing spread of food. Wayne, you should have seen the taco bar. Don't fucking start. <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne couldn't make it, unfortunately. Um, but I was there, <sighs> repping solo. <laughs> Yeah, there was um, a wild talk, taco bar. Everybody was taking pictures in front of it, being like, I'm going to send this to Wayne. <laughs> John was John was the only one that did it. Did he? Uh, he yeah. And he not only posed with tacos, he posed with my wife. <laughs> Huge flex. <laughs> Wish you were here, bro. <laughs> he didn't say that, but that's pretty much how I read it. As I'm that's crippled so in bed with a back injury. <laughs> My wife, <laughs> my oh, tacos. My yeah. Um, no, but it was it was awesome, and a huge thank you to DCA Properties, yes. um, who also sponsors our podcast for coming out and for um, spoiling our community. And um, everybody got a couple drink tickets. It was um, it was a lot of fun. That's it was a awesome. really great night. Yeah, with um, with Wayne being at home with his his back sore and um, just everything, I was like, yeah, I'll I'll go for an hour and then I'll come home and make sure everybody's good. Um, but yeah, next thing I knew, it was a couple and a half hours later, and I was like, oh, I guess I should go home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it last night. I was no, you were sleeping when I got home. I had a show in the morning. Yeah, uh, Lori says it was a blast? Question mark. But then she corrected herself to an exclamation mark. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lori drove down from Fort Mac. Awesome. Always good seeing her. Awesome. Yeah, really good crew. Really good crew. I learned all about uh, Johnny's... Um... Crypto? <laughs> no, oh. all about Johnny's never-ending burr. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure he gave up on that burr and started crypto. No, he's uh, he's almost there. Set the finish line. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Wait, he's at drywall priming stage. No offense. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean. Almost no offense. There. You have no idea. You're like, <laughs> everyone thinks that drywall priming is like the last leg, and then they realize there's so much, so much little money. shit. Yeah. That you still got another probably. Yeah. Yeah, his kitchens are being built right now. 
Johnny, you got a, you got a ways to go. Sorry, not to <laughs> not to discourage you. I don't think he's here, so we're talking smack. Oh yeah, okay, cool. He can't defend himself. <laughs> he's a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh Garrett, uh, got, Garrett's in the comments here saying back injuries are the worst. That's what happens when you carry your whole family's talent and good looks on your shoulders. Oh, Garrett. I think he's talking about his family, but I don't think it makes it any worse or any better. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Okay, Garrett's banned. Can you hit that <laughs> banned button? Wow, Garrett. <laughs> just canceled yourself. You just got canceled. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Good morning, by the way. To Garrett. Oh, not to me. Oh, yeah. I just looked up and I was about to say good morning. Oh, morning to you too. <laughs> And uh, Kyle and, and Ken just snuck in the back of the room. Oh, good. Hello, Kyle and Ken. Skipping. <laughs> um, hey, so we got a couple leftover questions from yesterday. And feel free to add in your current questions in the comments there. Anything you guys want to talk about. Um, Kyle has a question about HELOCs. And Gabe... We already answered Gabe's. Um, Daryl had a question about condo documents. So two completely different directions. Mm -hmm. But we can definitely tackle those today. And if you guys have any more questions or any additional questions that are relevant to those, uh, please just put it in the comments and uh, and we'll tackle them. Um, since last night's networking event was so great, how, how would you guys like to come to another? Maybe for Edmonton on February 11th. That's the next REM Masters networking event. And boy, do we got an event for you. <laughs> got some amazing guest speakers. We do. Uh, we got an amazing venue. How many of you like barbecue? Ooh. Pulled pork. Chopped beef. Chopped beef. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> Cream corn. Do the twist. What? Yeah, do the twist. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Gabby, quick question for you. What is your favorite barbecue side? Go. Dill pickle soup. <laughs> Standard. Cream corn. Cream corn, yeah. Or beans. Big You're beans. A, what? Baked beans. Big beans? Yeah. Big beans? Baked oh, beans. Oh, big, big beans? <laughs> big, big beans. Okay. I'm a cream corn Okay. They have a really, really good mac and cheese there too. It's a little spicy. A little spicy. They 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 love the pepper, <laughs> and they they throw the the Cajun spices in there as well. Anyways, February eleventh, we're gonna be at uh, we're gonna be holding our next event at Cook Shack Barbecue. It's in Nisku, just uh, just a little south of uh, Edmonton, not too far, and uh, we got some amazing guest speakers coming. We've got Barry McGuire. We've got Calvin Hexter. We've got Matt Legere, we got Keaton Kirkwood, and we're all going to be having a discussion, a panel discussion about buying off-market properties. Mm -hmm. There will be an opportunity for Q&A as well. Any questions you guys have, anything in relation to buying properties the untraditional way, which is, you know, not on the MLS, not using a realtor. Now, obviously, Calvin's going to be there. You're thinking to yourself, well, why would Calvin be there? Calvin actually helps with off-market deals as well. Yeah. So it doesn't just because it's off market doesn't mean that you have to go out and knock on the door. Sometimes your realtor can have off market opportunities. So um, Keaton's going to be there because how is the financing different? What things do you need to know? Barry's going to be there because how does the legal side change when you're doing off market properties? How should you be preparing your uh, your your residential purchase contract? And Matt Legere is going to be there because Matt Legere is a wholesaler. He deals in off-market deals all the time. Yeah. Guy locked up five wholesale deals since the holidays in the last 30 days. Five. I'm not going to say how much money he made, but it's but a it's lot. It's significant. <laughs> it's a lot. So lots to learn. Um, lots, uh, lots of people to network. That thing sold out fast. I was about to say, you're like, how but would you like to come? Okay. I just got an email yesterday from the owner. And apparently there's an extra nine spots. Ooh. I don't know how to deal with it yet. I don't think this is worthy ah. of like. 
<laughs> Gabby, slow down. The comment section is on fire right now. <laughs> a fight just broke out. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we're going to need it. We're going to need a bigger venue. I've already been talking about that. We're going to definitely going to need a bigger venue going forward every month because there's just too many people and people are t- too many fights. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to handle the last nine spots yet. Um, but the people who really want to be there will be there. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. So if you're, if you're, if you weren't able to get a ticket and you really, really, really want to go there, just send me a DM or email us at info at REI morning show and, uh, and I'll see what I can do. But, uh, food will be available for purchase there and drinks. Um, we've got that's on February 11th from four to 7 PM. Uh, family friendly. It is family friendly. Uh, however, capacity still stands. So they need a ticket. ticket. Um, Can't just bring your wife or can't just bring your kids, unfortunately. But again, we're working on a long-term solution. And uh, yeah, so that's February 11th. And then in Calgary, we have the same event, slightly different um, speakers. Uh, That's February 4th in Calgary. And uh, the guest speakers for that will be Barry McGuire, Matt Legere, Jared Como, and Dean Manti. Uh, to, yes. To register for those events, um, go to Eventbrite, um, look up Real Estate Investing Masters, or if you'd like an easier path, uh, go to our free Facebook page, Real Estate Investing Masters, and it's pinned right at the top there. The link's for right. Go register. It's going to be a blast. And I promise I won't hurt my back the day before. (laughs) Good morning to Liam. Liam just came in here. Yeah, it was a, a slow start to uh, the live listeners. Yeah. But they all trailed in about... Staying up late, networking late. last night? Yeah. <laughs> Liam, though. Jeez. Up late, up early. Guy's still driving at 11.30, but he's up at 3 a.m. Yeah. It's not healthy. No, it is. <laughs> it is. Don't discourage him. Oh, yeah. He's got a... Oh, still a ways to go. He's got, yeah. No, he's got a routine to develop. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have a ways to go until he's done. Cause I, it sounds like he's not going to be. No, done. it'll, it'll keep going. He's going to, he wants, 60. yeah, it's his first 60 yeah. of 60 years or something. I don't know, whatever. Anywho. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, how about we uh, take a quick little break and. Uh, Word from our sponsors. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta Buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we are back. Okay, where was I talking about for topics today? Um, um, I just want to quickly say that, like, I... After you mentioned Liam, I went and on our commercial break, I um, popped up Instagram. And after networking, so he must have left shortly after I did and went to the gym before yeah. bed. Yeah. And then. <laughs> well, Adam, apparently Adam was waiting for him. He was 30 minutes late. That's what Aww. it said. But uh, yeah, you went to the gym at what time was it? Uh, 9.53. Oh, shit. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. So yeah, like major good for you, Liam. Uh, well, Liam was um, Liam was a guest on uh, Manzor Said's uh, uh, Instagram live yesterday. Yeah, and they were talking about social media and and how Liam did not have a Facebook or Instagram profile last February. Yeah, and now I mean, arguably one of the best. Um, real estate investor, influencer, social media people yeah. um, in the game right now and putting out just good content, just good, solid or authentic content. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's not, he's not out there overselling himself. He's just being real and authentic and, uh, and he's getting noticed. And uh, so 
uh, big props to uh, to Liam for that. And it was a really good uh, Instagram live. I watched it. Yeah. Um, that was another question about social media a little while ago. We never really got around to answering that question. I feel yeah. like that's a, it's a whole episode. It could be today. Will it be today? Maybe. Depends on what kind of questions we got in the comments. TBD. TBD. Uh, to answer Daryl's question, uh, what are you looking for when reviewing condo documents? <clears throat> um, so for your first one, I would highly recommend hiring a condo doc review company. Mm -hmm. um, just, it's a lot of information. Uh, let me let me just pull up. I've got, I got a, an example here. Uh, I just don't want to forget anything. Uh, this is actually something that we did recently with uh, with Masters, the mentorship program. We we reviewed uh, um, condo documents. So what you're going to get is you're going to get bylaws. You're going to get meeting minutes from every month for however many months they have available. Uh, you're going to get yearly um, meeting minutes. Um, so they do a, a, a yearly, what do you call it? AGM. AGM, annual general meeting, meeting. something. Um as well, you're going to have rules, you're going to have uh, yeah, insurance policy information, financial statements, budgets and fee schedule, uh, board minutes, insurance appraisal, uh, pet application and registration stuff. Uh, so they'll have the rules about pets and smoking and marijuana. Um, and lastly, they'll have a reserve fund study. So uh, all this information all over the place. A lot of them are extremely unorganized. They just plop it all together and they go like, here you go. Here's yeah. what we got. Keep in mind, last year we didn't meet very much because of the, that, uh, that, uh, what do they call it? Um, coronavirus. <laughs> um, and you're just expected to understand and what this all means. Now, one of the most important things in my opinion is, uh, is the reserve fund study. Mm -hmm. So gold. it's gold. They're required by law every five years to do a reserve fund study. So what they have to do is they hire a company to come in and do a study. Um, for this one here. Okay. This one I'm looking at was done in uh, May of 2021. Okay. So their next one will be due before. I wonder if they, like, can they do it or uh, they, it doesn't matter forget it. Um, so the, the next one will be due in 2026. So what they do is they basically go through every single little piece of this condominium that is that is on the condo side. So we're talking about exterior stuff, not interior stuff. Um, they're going to be checking foundations, they're going to be checking um, uh, roofs, they're going to be checking siding, windows, steps, handrails, parking lots, doors, front doors, front doors, windows, sewer systems, um, everything, landscaping, fences, landscaping, fences, grading, grading, all the stuff that your condo fees are responsible for all the stuff that the condo is responsible for maintaining. And they, they create a schedule to determine the lifespan and con the current condition and the lifespan estimated lifespan or expectancy of each of these items. So they'll, they'll look at the shingles on building four because there's probably seven buildings with, you know, six units in each one. And they look at the bill, the roof on building four and they see that some of the shingles are starting to curl. So they say it's got this many years left, but the shingles on building one were replaced in 2019. So it's not too bad. Um, so they'll basically go through everything and let you know where the state and the expectancy of all of these um, items are. And then they will recommend a schedule for replacement for all of these items as well. So if you're wondering about, oh, no, is this condo board any good? Like they're not replacing stuff. Well, they're literally given a schedule and guidelines by professionals and, and they tell them what to do. At the end of the report, how long is this report here? 76 pages. I'm not going to go through it. At the end of the report, uh, you're going to see also the condo fee increase recommendations as well. So they're going to say what each year you can see what, what that's good, what's going to get replaced, the estimated cost to replace these items. And then in below that, they're also going to, they've even got, you know, stabilized long-term inflation rates. 
Um, yeah, they got everything here. It's it's actually a little difficult to read. Um, they have a reserve fund study as well to determine where your reserve fund is at. If you replace all of these items on you know at these times, plus including your current condo fee uh, replenishments every month, where is your reserve fund going to be at, and will it be healthy and sufficient? Mm-hmm. Um, if there is any need to increase condo fees, it will literally say in 2024, increase the condo fees from 300 to 325. And then in 2025, you can keep it at 300 and whatever. And then in 2026, uh, we recommend increasing it another $4. So they tell them exactly what to do in order to maintain a sufficient, healthy reserve fund. Yeah. Okay. And these are professionals. What you want to be looking for is, you know, if, if it was done in 2021, look at the meeting minutes and the financial statements and the AGM minutes to see what has been done since 2021. Have they been following the guidance and and um, recommendations of the Reserve Fund study? If they haven't, then there's a problem. Yeah. Also, look at the Reserve Fund uh, financial statements or the recommendations for um, where the Reserve Fund amount should be at. And if it's lower than the amount that they indicated in their reserve fund study, why is it lower? Because they were very crystal clear on exactly what to do, how much to charge, when to increase it, how much things are going to cost. Where did it go wrong in the last two to three years? And maybe perhaps the, the, the shingles on building number four when they pulled them off, they realized that the sheeting underneath it was completely rotted out and it cost an additional $40,000. So now the reserve fund is lower by $40,000. But how did they make up for that? Did they do a special assessment for the owners and charge everybody $650? Or did they just leave it and they never resolved it in their reserve fund and it's just $40,000 under now? And they'll just deal with it later. Or perhaps you notice that the condo fees are significantly higher or a little bit higher than what they recommended on the reserve fund study because what they ended up doing was they made an executive decision and decided by vote from all the owners to increase the condo fees instead in order to offset that additional $40,000. Right? Yeah. And through the meeting minutes, you're also going to notice that, oh, wow, um, the foundation in building number two has um, significant horizontal cracks. And you can see all of these requests to have a concrete specialist come in. And you can see a special request to have them filled. And it costs, you know, $7,500 to have all the cracks filled, but it doesn't seem to be working. And the concrete specialist recommendation is to build a um, supporting wall. And it's going to cost $120,000. But there's no money in the reserve allocated for that. So it's going to be another special assessment or condo fees are going to go up. So the, all this, the, the type of stuff that you want to be looking for. I'm not trying to, sorry, I'm not trying to scare you about the, the boogeyman underneath the, um, the bed. But when you're looking at reserve funds, you just want to make sure everything is as it should be as per the, you know, the, the reserve fund study aren't, and things aren't either things have happened that were outside of um, the scope things unexpected happened that no one saw coming or just mismanagement or, you know, you see in recent meeting minutes that in order to offset the $120,000, the uh, 75% of the owners have agreed that they are going to be increasing the condo fees to over $450, a 50% increase rather than forking out $7,200 each because the owners don't have $7,200. They weren't able to obtain a reasonable loan. So the owners were given the option to either pay $7,200 or increase their condo fees by 150 bucks. Condo owners said, we don't have the cash. They all voted to increase the condo fees. How's that going to affect your burr in the next 36 months? Because they probably haven't started the work yet. They probably haven't increased the condo fees yet because it's a pretty significant job. Mm -hmm. 
right? They're going to basically have to build all these, you know, supporting walls and all these basements in these units. So they haven't got around to it yet. They're probably still getting quotes. But these are the things you want to be looking for in the meeting minutes to see that that's coming. Because if it is coming, it's going to affect your decision on whether you want to buy this or not. It might not even be your building. You might be in building three. And this is going on in building two. However, if condo fees are going to be going up next year or the year after to $450, that's going to affect your cash flow by $150. So those are some things you want to be looking for when, when you're doing a condo doc review. Um, like I said, if, if it's your first time and you don't really understand how, um, I would recommend hiring a, a company. Or, I mean, if you've got a friend, I shouldn't be offering this advice, but if you've got a friend that, you know, is really well-versed in them and, and can help you, great. Um, but hiring a condo doc review company probably... Is it two fifty or four fifty? Uh, uh, co- uh, sorry, <laughs> words. Liam and Cody both are in the chat here, and they said, um, I think they said four to five fifty, depending if it's a rush or not. Four fifty to five twenty. Yeah, yeah. And Liam said that he, uh, with when it's rush, you can get them in a day or two. Yeah, yeah. And well worth the money. They both said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be cheap. Um, was there anything else in the comments about that? Um, so, uh, Daryl asked, do they just give you a summary of what they find, um, when they do the, the doc review and, um, Cody said, yes, they call you and provide a summary and give you suggestions for what to watch for in the future. Again, I'm not trying to scare everyone away from condominiums. There are a lot of things you need to watch for to make sure that you protect your investment. Um, However, it's a lot of this, a lot of this stuff with condos, you just want to find a management company that's going to do what they say they're going to do or do what they're supposed to do. And you want to make sure that you're buying into a building or a property that has been well-maintained. If there are issues um, that have not been dealt with for a long period of time, um, it's just going to fall on you later. Um, older buildings typically have, you know, are going to be coming up for a lot of replacements in the near future. Um, you know, some of these 1960s, 1970s, older, you know, townhouses or apartment buildings, they got a lot of stuff coming. You know, the boiler system in the apartment is, needs to be replaced soon. They've been repairing it and, and, you know, for years and years and years, and eventually they're going to need to replace it. It's going to cost a lot of money. Um, you know, the shingles have been replaced many a times, but the sheeting might need to be replaced, right? And you just want to make sure that it, these are things that you don't really, you, when you do a home inspection on a residential property, it's, you know, they check the property, it's good. Okay, just one property. But when you're when you're buying into one unit in a very large property, you just got to make sure that the whole property's been maintained. But some um, great opportunities. Yeah. So uh, talking about townhouses, <laughs> Um, I was chatting with uh, Randall last night of DCI Properties, and uh, it was later in the evening, and um, I was like, so Randall, did you get a chance to meet a bunch of new people? And he's like, yeah. He's like, actually, I'm I'm really glad that we came. I was like, why? And he's like, townhouses. <laughs> Co- Co- Cody sent me a message last night, too. I got it this morning. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, townhouses. He's like everybody's looking for townhouses. He's like, uh, we had no clue that like everybody's buying townhouses. And he's like, so I text my guy back in Ontario and I was like, dude, he's like, look, look at my text. He like pulls out his phone and pulls up his text. And he's like, look at this conversation. And so his text to this guy's like, dude, Edmonton townhouses like a ton of exclamation marks and the guy texts back he's like what do you mean he's like last year we couldn't move a townhouse to save our lives and he's like well it's changed man townhouses exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark and so that literally he's like i'm pulling up our the the guy whatever whoever he was marketing guy or i don't know um he's like so in his text back he's like i'm pulling i'm pulling up my um 
my old marketing will just like will reactivate these old ads for targeting the the condominiums or whatever and he's like and um i'll pull up all of our uh dead leads from last year and we'll we'll reach out to them so like they're like he was instantly on it he's like we're gonna find you guys some townhouses there you go <laughs> yeah he's like and he's like wally really sealed the deal for me he was like the 11th person that I talked to that was like, I'm looking for a townhouse. <laughs> it was a really funny conversation. And then uh, to see his text conversation back and forth with the guy was, it was hilarious. So. Too funny. Yeah. Um, guys, if I didn't say that this opportunity is going to dry up, sorry, if you didn't hear me like a year and a half ago saying that this opportunity is going to dry up, well, now it's definitely going to dry up. So get moving. Saturated. Yeah. get moving, guys. <laughs> This is what happens. Everybody waits until they start seeing other people succeeding in it. And then they come in late. Yeah. So. Well, we literally have like REI masters like bidding on the same properties and like outbidding each other and stuff. Yep. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, opportunities like this, they come, they come and they go. And this one's been around for a long time. Yeah. There's lots of opportunities. Um, but it's, it's your job as, um, entrepreneurs as creative investors to recognize these opportunities um before everybody else does mm -hmm. right and be ahead of the curve at, yeah every market has their own little unique opportunities um different property types different areas different strategies that type of stuff so get good at recognizing problems in the market that need to be solved or unique opportunities that could be taken advantage of mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Kyle had a question. I don't think we answered this. Um, he said, I know you've talked about using a HELOC before for buying properties. I find when I factor it in, it makes a good deal look bad. Is the interest being deductible? Is, is the fact that the interest being deductible, does that offset it? Okay, so talking about using a pulling money um, on a HELOC and using that as a, a down payment. Yes. Okay, so when you use money from your HELOC uh, to invest in real estate, that money becomes tax deductible. So it's a the interest interest paid, portion. Yeah. The interest paid on the borrowed funds is tax deductible. Yes. Um, but he's what he's saying is that. You know, you use that $100,000 that you pulled out of your HELOC on the one property or your home and you borrow it at, say, 6%. And then you take that money and you put it as a down payment on another property. But the problem is, is that you're paying interest, monthly interest payments on that borrowed money that you use for the down payment to buy the other property. And now that 12%, sorry, that 6% I'm paying every year works out to be $500 a month in additional interest payments. So I have a, a $500 HELOC payment to borrow that 100K to buy the other property. So now it no longer makes any sense because that property was, was cash flowing five, the new property. Mm -hmm. was cash flowing 500 bucks a month, but my other HELOC payment just increased by 500 bucks. Right. So now it's a break-even cash flow. It's no longer a good deal. Should I do it? It's the way that you look at it. If you didn't borrow that $100,000, you would not have a new property. You would have zero. Okay. If you do borrow that money and you buy another property, you're getting all the mortgage pay down from that property. You're getting all the appreciation from that property. And yeah, unfortunately, there is a $500 cost per month in order to have that property. But how much are you making from that property total? You're getting $500 a month in mortgage pay down. When that, when that $500,000 property appreciates 10%, you're making $50,000 right? Which is a 50% return on your investment, on your $100,000 investment, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, the return, the ROI that you get on a property that you buy with borrowed HELOC funds 
is going to be less, but it, it is significantly more than zero and not having any property at all. Fair enough. That's just the way you need to look at it. Um, do you understand that there will be increased mortgage slash HELOC payments? Like the HELOC payments, it, it just depends on how you structure it on your first property. Do you do you refinance the property and pull the money out or do you add a HELOC and borrow the $100,000? It's six and a half dozen. Whether your mortgage payment on that property is going to go up by 500 bucks or whether you're going to have a separate HELOC payment of 500 bucks, it's, it's going to be on that property, but it's technically should be, you know what I mean? It's, it's your portfolio will have a $500 increased interest payments. You know what I mean? Don't look at it as like, well, now my original property doesn't cash flow anymore. Well, no, your portfolio cash flow is $500 less, right? Yeah. It's all about perspective. Um, but, and it's all about your comfort level too. If if you, if you can't swallow that and if you're not cut out for that, um, to handle that, and, and to see that, then I, I don't, not talking to Kyle, I'm just talking to everyone. Um, then it's not, then risk is not, it's not right for you, right? You got to have a good risk tolerance. You have to understand what it's all for. You got to be able to look 20 years down the road to see, yes, I am out $500 a month right now, but how much will I gain in my portfolio? What would my portfolio be worth in 20 years, Right. And if in, you know, 10 years from now, I'm able to go and, you know, grab a HELOC or refinance both property one and two and pull out another $100,000 and buy two more properties, where will I be in, at the 20-year mark with four properties? And yes, I'm going to have more increased mortgage payments, HELOC payments, because I'm borrowing those funds. But think big picture, but also make sure that you're um, you're covering your ass and making sure that you're not putting yourself in a position where you don't have enough cash flow and you're not liquid enough. And then if things go sideways, you know, you get, you get screwed. Um, a good healthy balance of, of risk taking and risk management. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, Ken says great pro tip. Yeah, it's all how you look at things. And math. (laughs) What's the math say? And also something that, Wayne, you didn't mention is do the math on what that tax savings is on the interest payments as well. Like know what that equates to for you. I can tell you. (laughs) $100,000, you are um, borrowing it at 6%. Mm -hmm. So the $6,000 that you pay in interest on that HELOC is tax deductible. So that if you have these properties under your personal name, these $6,000 will be taken off your personal income tax line in your taxes. Okay. So that's $6,000 you will not be paying tax on. Yeah. On your personal income taxes. So if you are in a 33% tax bracket, that means that you will save $2,000. There will be either a refund or $2,000 more in your pockets at the end of the year. Okay. And that's four months worth of $500 payments. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So that again, math. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can deduct the interest on the money that you borrow to invest. And uh, so, yeah, that's a $2,000 savings every year. And that's also why it's important to look at um, your portfolio as a whole, like Wayne said, instead mm-hmm. of just like that one property. Okay, that one property now is break even or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, when you look at cash it as flow, a whole. Cash flow, break even cash flow. Yeah. Because you're still making money. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But when you look at it as a whole, how how is everything performing and taking into consideration the tax break that you just received from deducting the interest on those payments and stuff? Mm-hmm. So. It can be hard to take everything into consideration, but it's important. Why don't we talk about cash flow for a minute? I was obviously not prepped. So again, another, another another discussion that's not exactly polished, but it's a little frustrating to see um, educators and people only talking about cash flow. Cash flow is only one portion, right? 
It's only one area that you profit in. And a lot of people, they, they when, when they're teaching entry-level weekend free courses and Instagram videos and stuff, they say, you got to focus on cash flow. Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Cash flow is what gets you out of your job. Cash flow is what protects you uh, when a storm comes in, right? And it's 100% right. If, if I were to summarize how to invest in real estate and I only had one sentence or I only had 30 seconds, I would focus like all I could say, like that's all I could spend the time talking about to make sure that you guys actually succeeded, not having the ability to teach you all the math and everything else and how to analyze properties. The one thing I would tell you is make sure it cash flows because as long as it cash flows, you can ride out just about anything. Right? Yeah. That is the most important thing that you can tell someone if you don't have time to tell them everything else. So very great advice if you only have 30 seconds, right? For sure. What ends up happening is everybody, they, they don't go, most people are stubborn and cheap. Is that fair to say, Gabby? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Most people are stubborn and cheap. So they take the weekend course and they take the free webinar and that's all the information they ever get. So they go and they say, I'm going to be rich, just like that person on stage. And I just need to make sure that I have good cash flow. And they go and they make their whole business plan off of cash flow. Call up the realtor. Hey, I need cash flow. Call up their mortgage broker. Hey, I need the best terms because cash flow. I need cash flow. Okay. And then when they go to the market and they start looking at properties, they say, this market sucks. There's no cash flow. There's no cash flow. And they start analyzing other markets. Where's the cash flow? Oh, Canada fucking blows. There's no deals in Canada. States. I'm going to the States. Why? Cash flow. Cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> we did not rehearse. <laughs> no, it's because this is the shit we see every day. And you just shake your head. And and then so what do they do? You know, they 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 start following some people, but they don't like their ideas because um other people have better ideas. Well, I've been following so and so, and they're investing in in Florida. And that 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 the, the reason why they're investing in Florida is because of cash flow. And they're killing it. And Grant Cardone says that if you want to have cash flow, you have to buy at least a thousand unit buildings. And and, and I, I don't know how to buy a thousand unit buildings, so I'm just going to invest in Grant Cardone's fund. <laughs> okay. All because cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Yes, cash flow. Cash flow is the number one risk mitigator. I 100% agree. I invest in arguably the top, the best or second best cash flowing city in Canada. I get it. I've had cash flow for years throughout my whole career as a real estate investor, excluding this past 18 months. <laughs> So I get it, but no one ever learns the math about mortgage pay down appreciation and everything else, right? And I find that people will only go for deals that have really great cash flow. And it's kind of like, and then, it, sorry, let me rephrase that. In 20 years or 10 years from now, they go to like refinance their property or sell their property or look at their financial state. They're like, I have zero fucking equity. Yeah, it's because like all of your deals are all cash flow and there's no mortgage pay down and you bought them in markets mm -hmm. that don't appreciate, right? And so your portfolio is doing terribly because all this great cash flow that you had, all these, you know, rental arbitrage things that you did, you started like, oh, I'm going to rent a property at, for a thousand bucks and I'm going to rent it on Airbnb for three thousand bucks and it's two thousand dollars a month in cash flow. And I'm going to quit my job and you get 10 of them and you got $10,000 a month in cash flow, and you go on a bunch of podcasts and everybody's kissing your feet. Wow. He quit his job, $10,000 a month in cash flow, And he's making $120,000 a year. Just living the dream. He's got a new course out. He's got a new workshop. He's a coach. Now he has zero net worth. Why? Cause there's no mortgage pay down. You're renting it. You have no, like you have, you're not building any equity. Because you're only focusing on cash flow. 
make sure that your properties as well, you know, have good interest rates that they're, you know, they're, they're amortized properly. You got good mortgage products because you want to make sure that you're also building wealth in the background as well and not only focusing on cash flow. I think all of this goes without saying, like, I think this is pretty common, basic stuff, but for some people who maybe like, maybe this is their first year, I want them to make sure that they're studying how to, how mortgage pay down works, mm-hmm. you know, how to be financing your properties and not just focusing on cash flow. You have to understand the other, the other sides of the business. Absolutely. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Nobody wanted in on that topic. They all just listened intently. Oh, come on. <laughs> They're all reevaluating their portfolios. <laughs> I it all kind of goes back to my original comment that people are are stubborn and, and cheap. Right? And when you when you just when you get when you take surface level education, um, you'll get surface level results. Ooh. 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 Yeah. It's so dumb. Oh, it's so dumb. It's brilliant. No! It's just dumb. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. Uh Gary says, "Well, I need a lot more help than I thought." <laughs> uh, um It needs to be a healthy balance. That's why I say like when you're looking at real estate, if, if you're, if you're looking at real estate, let me clear my throat. If you're looking at real estate and you're saying things like I want financial freedom or you're saying things like I want to leave my job, then, then, then you need to be looking at this is a business and not as buying properties it needs to be a business because you need a good healthy balance equity and net worth as well as cash flow cash flow is going to be your risk mitigator and it's also going to be your paycheck um, but at the same time you don't just want to build a business that's just going to give you a paycheck and not be growing in the background truth you might as well just state your job mm-hmm. Because if you want to get a paycheck every day and not earn anything in the back, like, and not build any wealth in the background, then just stay at your job. Because being an electrician pays $120,000 a year as well. You need to be building something in the background. You need to be building equity and net worth. Wealth for future generations. Equity that you can leverage in the future and buy more and build out your business. If you're saying those types of things where like, I want financial freedom and you actually mean it, then what I would strongly recommend is building a business that has good, um, that's building long-term wealth as well as good active income as well. And you can just implement different real estate strategies to give you your active income, which is your paycheck. And then also you can have other strategies and properties and real estate businesses that are providing you long-term wealth. Okay. Start with one business, start with a few properties, get, get the ball rolling, get your feet wet, and then start building off of that. If you are just looking to build some long-term wealth, create a little bit of extra cash flow for a, for a vacation every year, provide, you know, and to give your kids a better inheritance than you were given, uh, give your kids a, um, a little boost or a little bit of momentum after you pass to create a little bit of legacy, but nothing much, maybe a couple fourplexes. Just ignore everything I just said. Just go buy a couple properties, manage them really well, make sure they got good cash flow to, you know, so that's not too risky. Buy them in good markets. Keep them in good shape. Keep them in good shape. Pass them on to your kids. That's great. If you're talking about leaving your job, it's a completely different game. If you're talking about financial freedom, it's a completely different game. You're no longer playing, hi, I'm a real estate investor. You're, you're playing in an entrepreneurial world. You're building business. And I think too many people, they, they get that mixed up because 
they go and they watch a free fucking webinar or they go and they, you know, watch someone's Instagram thing and they're like, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Look at me. It's the life of a real estate investor. I wake up at 6 a.m. I do my cold plunge. I do my meditation. I write down all my favorite thoughts, right? Which everybody's like, I want that. That's what I want. I want, I just got to buy rental properties and I'll get cash flow and I can live like that. But they don't realize that like those people are just selling you a fucking dream. A dream that does not exist. But as long as you keep paying for, you know, to learn how to do that dream, then, then they'll just keep succeeding to wake up at 6 a.m. every morning and it pays for the new cold plunge. Their new little ice bath outside. <laughs> Fuck, I shit you not, Gabby. I talked about that yesterday about the life of a real estate investor. And then I scrolled on Instagram afterwards and I watched someone's fucking video. They just posted it yesterday. An exact same fucking thing. <laughs> oh, God. But I, I, I'm just trying, the point I'm trying to get across is that you need to be clear on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And if you want to, you want financial freedom, you gotta, you gotta dial it up to 11. You can't, you can't coast. You can't coast. The pace that you're at right now will not work. It won't. All that's going to happen is you're going to waste more money on education and, and guidance and time, which Most valuable resource I would say is a lot more expensive than that $20,000 program we just bought. Right. I think that people need to be really clear with themselves as to, you know, what they're willing to do because some people have it and some people don't. And when you waste that time and that precious money that you saved, um, and then you just eventually realize you're not cut out for it and give up on it. That's tough. I, I, I do try and be optimistic and make the argument that I think that everyone is capable of it. Now, this today's version of you might not be capable of it. I mean, you have to develop into the type of person. I think that everyone is, is cut from the same cloth. Now, some of us are born, some cloths um, are born, you know, in a shit storm. Okay. Or in, in, you know what I mean? Some people are born with better opportunities than others. But I think we're all cut from the same cloth as far as capabilities go. Yes. Right. So to, to say that you're not cut out for it, I think is a limiting belief. I think that today's version of you is certainly not cut out for it, but you can develop into the type of person that can. I was not always this version of Wayne. I developed intentionally, intently. Right. Gabby was not always this version of Gabby. Right. She developed. She worked really hard at it. She put in the work. So um, if you can pick up one thing from today or the, or this week or this month or this year is that you need to determine whether you want to be in this just to buy a few properties as a passive real estate investor. You want to buy a few properties. You want to treat them really well. You want to cash flow. You know, you want to take your kids on vacation. You want to refinance it and pay for their education. You want to give them the properties when they when they when you retire or when you die, right? Or do you want to be a real estate entrepreneur? You got to be crystal clear on on what it is that you're doing and what your intentions are. Your path will be significantly different. I hate seeing people who think that they are going to be an entrepreneur, but they're not cut out for it or they're not putting in the work for it. And then they end up quitting. How many people, Gabby, just in the last five years, how many people have you seen that were like, they're going to do really great things. And then we never see them ever again. Yeah. A lot. Too much. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. Some of you here today on the live show and some of you listening to the podcast are going to be that in three years. Some of you. Disappear. You're going to be at every event. Everyone's going to be saying, they're, oh my gosh, they're, they're going to do such amazing things. Such great energy. 20 years old. Oh my gosh. I wish I had your energy when you were 20. And then by 23, you got a job and a family and we never see you ever again. Yeah. I have met so many people that I've never seen ever again. Right. Yeah. So I hate seeing that. Had they just made the decision that they were only in it for three or four properties then they could have hit that target, but they were aiming way too far and not putting in the work. They were aiming for the stars and they were trying to get there with a fucking balloon. 
instead of building the rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Thinking that, you know, I'll just take one more course and it'll tell me how to get there. <laughs> one I'll, more course. I'll attend one more f- free presentation on Tuesday night. Yeah. Or another strategy. One of these has got to work, right? Now, here's the opposite. I hate seeing. I just talked about the people who are trying to aim too high. Now, I hate seeing the other people who aim too low. Yeah. And they don't treat it like a business. And they never really truly meet their their potential. They start off with one property and then they slowly and they get another one and another one, but they're not thinking about it. They're not thinking big enough. The ones that that want to be the big successful real estate entrepreneurs, they want to leave their job and financial freedom and all these other things, but they're just, they're not putting enough energy into it. Mm -hmm. They're not treating it. They're not thinking big enough. They're not investing into themselves and their business. if you start a business, you need to do research and development. Okay. You have, and education. Well, that's yeah. yeah. And education. You can't just can't just start a manufacturing business and not know how the manufacturing works. Right? You have to take education. You can you need a degree. You need to do research and development. So whichever one you are is it is it's entirely up to you. But you need to get crystal clear on it now and come up with a plan today. Accordingly. Otherwise, you turn into a floater. That's the people that I was just talking about a minute ago. Floaters. They just float around. You'll see them floating. I've I've, I've told you the Niagara Niagara River syndrome. Mm -hmm. The people that just hop into Niagara River and everybody's in the Niagara River and everybody's just floating around. Tra-la-la, everything's fine. Nice, smooth, current. Right? You guys ever been to Niagara Falls? See the Niagara River? It's really, it's actually quite calm until you start getting near Niagara Falls. And then suddenly the water gets really, really crazy. And and they realize they didn't build a boat. They didn't bring an oar. They didn't bring a life jacket. But everybody's just floating around, tra la la la, like everything's going to be okay. And then something bad happens. Like, you know, they hit a rock or they go over, right? Or they're just about to go over. And maybe they grab onto a branch and they pull out of it. Do they quit? Or do they keep working, right? But the point of this story, this example today is is the fact that people just jump into the river and just think that everything's going to be okay and they just float with everybody else instead of being proactive and building a boat, right? So they can swim upstream. Yeah. AKA building a foundation, building systems, building a business plan. And if you're properly educated, you probably wouldn't have jumped in. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You would have built a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> you would have seen the troubled waters ahead. This isn't this isn't just uh, this isn't trying to be negative or to point fingers or anything. I'm, I I I really want if this is the one thing you guys learn this year is to define who you are. You watch an Instagram video, you listen to a podcast. Congratulations. Who do you want to become? You want to become the person who has a couple of rental properties that passes it off to their kids or makes a little extra cash flow to pay for vacations and education and stuff like that? Or do you want to be an entrepreneur? When you make that decision, you, if you want to just be the person that has the, the four fourplexes, just you don't need to go do all the social media and all that other bullshit. You don't need to go on podcasts. You don't need to do all this other stuff because you're just wasting time. Gabby's talking about it a minute ago. You're just wasting time. Why would you go do all that extra stuff when it has zero value to your goals and to the outcomes that you're looking to get? Why don't you spend time with your family? For right? Mm-hmm. But if you are an entrepreneur and you want to get financial freedom, yeah, you're going to have to do all that hard stuff. And you have, you have to make the, you have to accept and make the decision that today I'm going to have to go a little bit harder than what I'm doing. Because if I don't, I'm not going to reach those goals. And then I've just been taking more courses and spending time half-assing everything and never truly reach my goals. And then I quit because it's just, I can't believe I wasted that much time. It's too hard. Canada sucks. No cash flow. There's a mastermind in Florida. I'm going to go there. I heard so-and-so is doing this course. 
I'm giving you guys this information because it's the most valuable information that you need this year. It's not the next strategy. It's not short-term rentals. It's not rent-owned. It's not agreements for sale. It's not multifamilies. It's not whatever. It's that you need to clearly define yourself because the thing that's preventing you guys from succeeding is you. You. That's what's stopping you. Because once you got yourself figured out, Anything's possible. Amen. All right. It was a good Wednesday. See you guys on Thursday. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 